Welcome to Stories from the NNI. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Sha Hong, Associate Professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Sha, thank you so much for joining us today. To get us started, can you tell us a little bit about how you first got involved in nanotechnology? Sure. First, thanks for having me. My interest in science actually started in high school. Physics has always been my favorite subject. You can have a very complex problem, but you always can solve it based on a set of very simple physics laws. And I found this problem-solving process very elegant and very exciting. And then in graduate school, I started doing my dissertation research in the synthesis of nanoscale oxides. And this is a very exciting because the materials we make basically cannot be found in nature. Their properties often unexpected. It was then that I realized that now I have the ability to create my own physical problems to be solved, and there isn't any solution. I need to carefully design my own experiments. It takes months and sometimes years, but the, finally you would actually understand how those nanomaterials behave, like how they behave, again, based on very simple physics laws. And I really enjoy this process. You can create your own new materials, understand their properties, and finally you actually find that your material platform can be useful for device applications. So you, you mentioned nanoscale oxides. Could you talk a little bit more about what types of oxides and, and what are some of those properties that you wanted to see? So I work on complex oxides such as uh, perovskites and spinels. If you look at those materials at a nanoscale, those oxides have very similar structure, meaning the atoms are packed in a very similar geometric pattern. However, depending on the specific elements and the composition, the property can be very diverse. For example, there are superconductivity, magnetism, and the ferroelectricity. So all those functionalities actually are used nowadays in our daily lives in device applications. And what we're interested in is to basically create a platform, find some strategies to control those functionalities at the nanoscale. What is interesting is uh, we actually take advantage that uh, different oxide materials have similar structure, so you can actually layer one on top of the, each other. And uh, at the interface, you would see some new things actually emerge. And that is exactly what we want to study. So when you're looking at these different materials, and when I think of ferroelectrics and these complex structures that you mentioned, the perovskites and spinel structures, I think of spintronics. Is that one of the application areas that you're investigating? Exactly. So we know that magnetism is actually used in memory, for example, in computers and cell phones. And currently, the whole industry is trying to basically increase the capacity of storage, right? But one of the problems is when you make the device smaller and smaller, the operation power actually increases exponentially. One of the reasons is because when you are trying to code your information, you have a zero and a one, and that coding is associated with the direction of spin. So when you are trying to flip spin in current device architecture, you are actually using current. And the current is what increases the power when you try to scale down the dimension of the device. 
But now what we're trying to do is actually interface ferro electrics on top of a magnetic material and hope to change the magnetic bed using a voltage control, the ferroelectric polarization. It's the flavor of voltage control of magnetism that makes a huge application potential in spintronics. When you are examining the interface and trying to control the interfacial properties, what are some things that you're looking for and what techniques do you use to control that interface? So there are actually different ways. Uh, normally, we think uh, there are two types of perturbation you can have. One is structural, one is electrical. So I just mentioned that we have different functional oxides, structurally very similar, so we can actually grow one on top of the other and at the interface, the atoms between two materials are like really registered at atomic scale. So with this kind of uh, coupling, you can really tune the structural property of one and uh, drag the atoms in the other one and change the properties uh, as a consequence. And another thing you can do is uh, what we call the field effect. So field effect basically is you have a dielectric layer. Uh, that can sus sustain an electric field. It's really like a parallel plate capacitor that you accumulate charge in depleted charges from the conductor underneath. And we're working with what's called correlated oxide. Basically, it's a magnetic oxide, but it's a magnetic transition temperature. Uh, it's a magnetization actually depends on carrier density. So we're using this field effect to change the carrier density in the magnetic oxide and in turn, it changes the magnetic transition temperature. So I want to talk a little bit about how you make these materials and how you study them. One of the important parts of the National Nanotechnology Initiative is the support for infrastructure and user facilities. And at Nebraska, you have one of the National Nanotechnology Coordinated Infrastructure Sites, the Nebraska Nanoscale Facility. So are there tools that you use in that facility for your research? Yeah, exactly. Having this infrastructure is extremely helpful because all the equipment are very expensive and it's unlikely you can have all the experimental tools you want in your lab. So I'm a crystal grower. So basically we grow thin films and one key thing is we care about the interface structure. So we actually use the X-ray diffraction in the nano facility to study if we do grow single crystalline films. We use the transmission electron microscopy tools to actually take images of those interfaces and uh, to confirm that we really have the level of control of the material properties as we expected. One of the other things that we talk a lot about in nanotechnology is the interdisciplinarity and the bringing together of different expertise into a single project or a single group. Can you talk about the makeup of your group and the students that you bring together in postdocs? And do you see the need for interdisciplinarity in the work that you do? Yes. So first, I do have lots of graduate students in my group. I used to have postdocs. And I try to have them each lead an independent project. So they actually started with the material synthesis device fabrication and the characterization, they basically are exposed to the whole process. But for our research, I would say, yes, collaboration is extremely important. Uh, I will just give you an example. So we recently started magnetic oxide. We make them into nanostructures and find one property called magnetic anisotropy increased by 50-fold. 
So magnetic anisotropy is basically the energy barrier uh, for spin to change directions. So if you are working with a magnetic memory, that is basically make your information coding stable. At first, we were very puzzled. So then we collaborated with a colleague in materials engineering. He specializes in electron uh, microscopy imaging. So they took uh, the atomic scale picture of our material and find that our nanowire actually has a very non-uniform structure. So basically, it is the highly non-uniform structural distortion that gave us this enhanced magnetic anisotropy. And then we collaborated with a theorist who does first principles calculations. And he predicted the, the magnetic anisotropy associated with this highly distorted structure and agrees excellently with our experimental observations. You can see that the collaboration really allow us to understand the properties of a structure we created, basically. So, of course, we think this structure can be useful for making highly thermally stable magnetic memory, and that we need to collaborate with people in engineering to make devices out of it. So, for the field of nanotechnology, nanoscience, uh, this materials search, materials growth and characterization, device implementation, it's a whole loop. It requires interdisciplinary collaboration, basically. I noticed on your website you had images of two undergraduate students, and I wanted to get your thoughts on providing opportunities for undergraduate research. Yeah, so actually, because when I first started uh, Nebraska, I served in the graduate admission committee. So I was trying to recruit students, and I realized that one thing people really look into is if they have research experience in undergrad. So then I realized that to serve our undergrads better, if they want to go to graduate school, they really need to start very early on to have lab experience. So I was always trying to recruit undergrads, and our university actually has some program even recruiting first-year freshman students. So they actually apply before they come to UNL. I think it's, it's interesting because not all the undergrads would eventually go to graduate school. But this gives them early exposure so they can get a flavor of what uh, research is like and they can operate some really uh, state-of-the-art equipment like XRD, atomic force microscope. And they will see some students really get into it, highly motivated, and they will go to graduate school. And I'm, I'm happy to provide the students the opportunity, give them the exposure. I think that's fabulous, and I think that's so important to provide opportunities for students to get a sense of what research is like and get a little experience. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. Actually, it's just uh, along the line we just discussed about the uh, pipeline of talents, right? My work is centered on nanomaterials. I think this is a field uh, with huge potential. I think you definitely agree, right? And I would hope that we have those young, talented students can join us and make an impact in this field. <laughs>